Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Breaking news. The NFC South has a new quarterback with... Your Carolina Panthers, maybe not your Carolina Panthers, but it is a nationwide podcast. And it is Baker Mayfield. He's going to have to lock up that stadium in Cleveland because he is moving to Bank of America Stadium where he will now play for Matt Rule. What a collection of quarterbacks they have there, Steve Versnick. <laughs> I mean, uh, is, there, is there any other failed uh, former uh, top pick they can, they can acquire? Uh, well, let's see. I mean, well, I mean, they could have had Jameis Winston, I guess, when he True. was free. They could have had Marcus Mariota, mm-hmm. uh, which, Number by the two. way, all in the same division now. Oh, it's crazy. We'll get to that. That's yeah. We're going to talk about quarterbacks in the NFC South. Warren Sharp had a good take on this, and he said the Panthers really traded away a second, a third, two fourths, a fifth, and a sixth round pick to assemble a quarterback room of Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and Matt Coral. <laughs> And the best of them may be may be Matt Coral. That's the sad thing. We may not know for a few years. Um, so if you're in a cave or you're not sure what's going on and you don't live in Cleveland, Ohio, you're not from Cleveland, uh, as Sam Weich would say, the, the Browns agreed to trade Baker Mayfield to the Panthers for what amounts to just a 2024 conditional draft pick. The reason Mayfield hasn't been traded earlier, because obviously they cast their lot and in, in, in a ton of money to – uh, get Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans is simply his salary. Uh, I think there were teams that had interest in him during the free agents period, including the Bucks. At one point, he was one of the nine quarterbacks that you know they had studied. Clyde Christensen and Bruce Arians and them had studied and, and was on the list. But the problem was is that Mayfield um, had an eighteen point eight million dollar salary uh, for this season for the twenty twenty two season, and that was. Way too much for any team to swallow, um, especially since he was going to come in and, and compete and, you know, sort of the checkered um, performances he's had in Cleveland. Well, finally, the Browns agreed to pay the bulk of that, and Mayfield agreed to do convert some things as well. So this is how it's going to break down. The Panthers are going to pay $4.85 million of Mayfield's salary, uh, while the Browns will pay $10.5 million. According to my sources, Adam Schefter reporting on ESPN, these are the breakdowns. Mayfield agreed to convert the remainder of the $18.8 million salary into incentives to facilitate the deal, which is pending a physical. He can earn money back based on team performance. So Mayfield took a couple uh, a couple million, maybe uh, less uh, in incentives, and then a big chunk of that, $10.5 million, being paid by the Cleveland Browns. Now the Browns get back a conditional draft pick, either a fourth or fifth rounder in 2024, not, not next season, but the season after, depending on playtime. So if Mayfield is the starter, obviously, I don't know the number of games he has to play, um, but that will determine whether it, it becomes a fourth-round pick or a fifth-rounder. So not a lot of compensation in terms of draft picks. They stick uh, essentially the Cleveland Browns with most of that $18.8 million bill, and Mayfield now uh, goes in to compete with Sam Darnold 
And in the same draft, if you recall, back in 2018, Mayfield went number one overall. Darnold went number three. Uh, and now they're, they're going against, uh, like you said, Matt Coral, who was a third rounder this year uh, from, uh, from what, Old Miss, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it is. It's quite a, uh, quite a checkered uh, quarterback room, to say the very least. It is. And I get why Carolina makes the move. And, of course, it's what costs you $5 million. Maybe mm-hmm. up to eight if if the team does well. Which if the team does well, you're happy to pay more money. Absolutely. Um, but does this really make them? I, I think they're a better team. Hmm. But I still think they have so many problems on that team. They do. It's not. It's not a complete roster. Um, I think you start with the receiver position. They're not very good there. But let's just look at what they have had. You know. Um, mm-hmm. And and since Matt Rule, who I think is a really in, by all indications, I mean Matt Rule had coached in the NFL before. He did a hell of a job at Temple. Um, he was in uh, what was he in the Big Twelve before that at Baylor? Is that right? Yes. And did did a good job there. Yes, he did. More of a in my mind, more of a defensive coach. Uh, you know, kind of a tough guy. I, I the NFL is not for everybody. Some of the and, and I would I thought that Rule would make an easier transition um, because, like I said, he has some NFL ties, but. For whatever reason, you know, it's about building the roster, and they have not had a very good one. And if you can't solve the quarterback problem, you have no chance. You know, I was talking to Bruce Arians this year um, after he had resigned, and he was over during the uh, it was during the mandatory minicamp. I sat down with him, and I wrote about this. And we were talking about, you know, his decision, and it seems altruistic. You know, he's going to set Todd Bowles up in a better position because, you know, had Tom Brady not unretired, they would have been sitting here uh, you know, with Blaine Gabbert, and he was fine with Blaine and and Kyle uh, Trask, who he thinks is a prospect, but may may not be ready to take the reins just yet. Um, but like he said, he he said, you know, uh, Todd had a quarterback one year in New York, and and it, by the way, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they went ten and eight and just missed the playoffs. I think the final game, Fitzpatrick might have thrown three interceptions. They needed a win to get in, and they didn't. And then after that, you know. Um, the Jets went young at quarterback, and they didn't. They they were all over the map, and they didn't do well. And and you can't, you really can't win without one. And so, you know, what do you do? You you get a bunch of retreads, and you hope that this position or that that situation might be better. Rule was kind of a defensive. He's a tough guy. You know, he talks tough. Where he lost me, and they brought back Cam Newton a year ago to Carolina, which, you know, was a good story for about five minutes. It was like, oh, look, Cam's back. Everybody loves Cam in Carolina. You know, the, the prodigal son comes home and all of that. But, it, but Cam, Cam is done. I mean, Cam, as we sit here today, doesn't have a football team. And he still insists he's one of the top 32, and he's not. Uh, and, and maybe somebody brings him in as a veteran backup somewhere down the road. I don't know that they will. I mean, the Patriots cut him a year ago before he went to Carolina. And it, he just wasn't any good. And so the, the Bucks had beaten the Carolina Panthers. And first of all, note to Matt Rule, when you lose a football game, do not stand up at a podium for 25 minutes trying to explain it because they got crushed. And I remember sitting, because I was in the press box at the time, and everything was sort of done by Zoom. And so the Panthers Zoom was on after we had done ours. And First of all, I mean, Matt Rule must have he was there forever, and then he started making analogies that made no sense and saying things like, um, and you have the quote, he's like, sort of like, 
Uh, I know you. I know you can't see it, but it's there. It's coming. It probably, we, you know, first of all, if you can't see it, that's not a good way to keep your job. Like they ne- literally need to see the victories. And then the second thing he compared it to was sort of like you know how what was it? Jay Z wasn't an overnight success. Jay Z, you're comparing a national football, your national football league team to Jay Z. He's talking about his agency, but Jay Z was a huge superstar before he started his agency his fame came prior to that so it was such a weird analogy and he kind of it wasn't just like in passing like he tried to make this work when he was just rambling on it and it was uncomfortable and i wasn't even i wasn't even following the press guy i just wanted him to turn the volume off in the press box because matt rule was blasting this nonsense so anyway um so they so they get baker mayfield here's my here's my sort of i'm a I'm a closet Baker Mayfield. Well, not even closet. I'm 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 a Baker Mayfield guy, if you will. If there is any, I don't see. I don't believe that Baker Mayfield is is a is a horrible quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I might be in the minority at this point. I think he's been put in really bad positions. Mm-hmm. And start with the fact that the Browns are the Browns. Okay, when do they get anything right of late? So Baker Mayfield goes there as the number one overall pick, and he has three coordinators in four years. Right. One of those, by the way, was Todd Munkin, who came from Tampa Bay, um, you know, after Dirk Cutter was blown out um, and, and, you know, Bruce Arians came in for one final season to try to save Jameis Winston. And the Bucks played the Browns, I think it was in the preseason, if I'm not mistaken. And I went over there and I talked to uh, Munkin. Uh, they were staying at the Marriott Waterside, I think, and I talked to Munkin and, and, and w- walks by Baker Mayfield. And I, I was like, what about that guy? First of all, he's much shorter than I thought he was. Um, so he walks by, and Munkin, who is not really prone to hyperbole, I mean, Munkin was as straight a shooter as I've ever encountered as as a coach, uh, you know, position coach. I mean, he 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 spoke the truth about Deshaun Jackson. He spoke the truth about um Jameis Winston he spoke the truth about a lot of guys um that he had coached and he was the offensive coordinator one year the last year under Dirk Cutter in Tampa Bay and he swore by like he was like I'm a Baker Mayfield guy and not just because I coach him now he goes it's easy for me to say that because I'm with the Browns he goes but I didn't know a whole lot about him and he goes the thing about Baker is that you know he is a he is a kind of a natural born sort of leader. Like he goes, he guys will follow him. He he has a way of making, of helping guys follow him and that, you know, he's a gamer. Like he wants to win sometimes to his own detriment. You know, sometimes he, he does things that uh, get, gets his team in, in trouble. And that's any young quarterback at the time. Um, but, but he, he has always won and he, and he's that guy that always, was kind of counted out too short, too small, all that stuff transferred, you know, uh, wins and wins at Oklahoma. And he really thought that, that he had just had had too many bad experiences and too many coordinators, too many cooks in the soup. So then after Munkin leaves, you know, they fire their coach again and Alex Van Pelt comes in and I'm here to tell you, like you can't really in the NFL. I remember Josh Freeman had one, one really good year. Uh, where they came close to making the playoffs, but they didn't. But but Baker Mayfield, man, he had a season um, two years ago, uh, the first one under Alex Van Pelt, where you know he made they made the playoffs. 
and they beat Pittsburgh, and it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a horrible Pittsburgh team, and they won a playoff game, and that's hard to do in this league sometimes. And his his touchdowns and interceptions were really really good at that at that point. I don't have them in front of me right now, but it was something like I don't know twenty eight to six or something like that. And I thought, okay, all right, so Baker Mayfield is what they thought he was. Like he he's he's going to be a player. And then last year. Um, a lot of bad things happen, including him trying to play hurt because he has a bit of a hero complex, and um, you know, and so he he busted, he was busted up. He didn't play well, you know. Th- this whole notion of, of the the sound bites coming out of Cleveland saying we need an adult in a room and sort of that, I just think the guy has been sort of a punching bag, you know, in Cleveland for all that's wrong with the Browns. And there's a lot that's wrong with the Browns over the years. I mean, a lot, right? Fire coaches, fire GMs, all that stuff. Haslam is not the best owner in football. Um, so all I would say is, and I don't think Carolina's very good, especially um, from a receiver position. I'm not sure what they have around him on the offensive line. I, I, I know it's a big year for Matt Rule. Their defense got a little better. It was horrible two years ago. Um, but I think this is an upgrade. I, I, I don't know if it's going to work in the first year because everything's new to Baker, but – I think he's more of a gamer. I think I, I think he's going to have a um, a better chance to lead the Panthers than Sam Darnold did. Well, you say it, you don't know if it's going to work in year one. There's only one year guaranteed. On well, that. that's true. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, he doesn't yeah. have to stick around. He's a free agent at the end of the year. He is. He is. And maybe he's just looking at it as just that. You know, like okay, mm-hmm. um, he agreed to the, well agreed to the trade. He agreed to do some things with his contract to make this trade happen because he wasn't going to stay in Cleveland. Um, and you know, I guess he'll have the luxury of seeing how it goes. I mean, it's sort of like that last year with Jameis Winston, right? I mean, he sort of had a one-year mm-hmm. – he's there a year before and he sat the bench under Breeze. But then last year he played and, you know, he, he got hurt, unfortunately. And the, But then they had to re-sign him, you know, to bring him back. Um, but if it, if it works out, I would think they'd be talking about an extension. And we'll know that, you know, pretty early on in, in, in the season or halfway through the season if if it looks like it's going to work. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I don't think it's the best football team he could go to. And it's probably not as good as the Brown team, Browns team that he's leaving necessarily. You know, they did another thing in Cleveland that I thought didn't work out for Baker. And that is they brought in Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell Beckham Jr. is a talent, and it, he certainly worked out with the Rams. But when he went to the Rams, they were a, a Super Bowl contending team. And Matt Stafford was the quarterback. And you had other proven wide receivers, you know, um, including the MVP of the league, essentially. And so OBJ came in. It was sort of like another piece to the puzzle. And he did really well, especially towards the end of the season until he got hurt uh, in the Super Bowl. But when you brought Odell Beckham Jr. to Cleveland, and and I saw this a little bit, I saw it a lot, actually, with Deshaun Deshaun Jackson coming to Tampa under Jameis Winston. Young quarterbacks, while they want to be surrounded with talent, they also – know what the expectations are and the expectation is that you got to find a way to get the ball to that guy right and sometimes that guy isn't open and sometimes that guy is double covered and sometimes he's not your first read uh because the coverage will dictate you go somewhere else but you know what happens everybody after every game looks at the numbers and says hey uh when do you think uh deshaun jackson or odell beckham jr like when do you think 
so-and-so will, will, will have more targets or catch more balls or score more touchdowns. Like, what? where are you at with the chemistry? Of, and the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, Beckham was trying to learn the offense. He was going the wrong way a few times. But the pressure that a quarterback feels, because these guys are always open, right? They come back to, oh, hey, man, I was open. Um, I, I, the expectation, the investment, the pressure to try to get the ball to these guys, they, it hurts young quarterbacks. I'm, I've seen it happen. And it got to the point with Deshaun Jackson that the year after, um, you know, or the year that, that uh, James Winston was suspended, the first three games of the season, Jackson just goes off. He goes off against New Orleans with Ryan Fitzpatrick quarterbacking. He goes off against the Philadelphia Eagles. He goes off the third game against I don't remember who they played. And then all of a sudden, slowly, you know, Deshaun, or uh, James Winston comes back off his suspension. And I think, like, the very next game, they were losing Chicago. They put in James Winston to finish that game, and he started the next game. And Deshaun Jackson made it known to everybody, I don't want that quarterback. I want the other guy. I want the guy that I was putting up. I was leading the league in in receiving yards before Fitzpatrick went out. And when you have that sort of division and that sort of split, not that Odell Beckham Jr. was calling for another quarterback, but there's just so much pressure to get the ball to one guy that it 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 just hurts the whole the whole you know rhythm of things. And so that's why I think you know he had built on a pretty good year uh, beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then they come back and they add Beckham, and I, I'm not so sure that helped them. I I agree completely. I mean, I, I, look, is this an upgrade for for Carolina? Yes. Do they have the roster that he can win with? I don't think so. Probably not. Probably and, not. You know, I mean, it's just it's him going to another bad situation. Yeah. And and you you kind of feel for the guy as you've mentioned three offensive coordinators in four years. Now he's going to be his fourth and his fifth. Fourth year. and five years. You yeah. Know, now it's a new organization. He's got one year to try to prove himself to make a, a contract. I mean, he's still on his rookie deal. Now he's in the fifth year option, which is why the contract was eighteen point whatever it was, and now he's guaranteed about fifteen million. Right. You know. Now he, Carolina does have some cap room. They could add some pieces. Right. Well, although free agency is mostly over. Yeah. Well, but or tr- or trade or you're gonna you know, add some players that are cut, et cetera. I mean, you could right. add some salary. Right. You're not stuck there, but I, I just I, I don't I don't see I don't see I mean I, is are Carolina better today with Baker compared to Sam Darnold? Yes. Yes. Are they going to compete for the NFC South? Mm. I don't think so. Probably not. Probably not. And they need to because Matt rules on the hot seat to say the least. Here's a list that you don't want to be part of. Since Mayfield was was traded, he becomes just the third quarterback in NFL history to go number one overall in the draft and last four or fewer seasons with that team that drafted him. The others, Jamarcus Russell and Jeff George. Oosh. Ouch. Well, you could argue that George did did some things later on in his career, but mm-hmm. uh, not with not with the Colts. And yeah, that's 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 bad company. And I don't think he deserves it. This is the thing. Like, and you can't you can't go back and rewrite history. But um, I just I, I just think that there was a lot of bad things that that were out of his control in Cleveland that occurred, including the head coaching changes. Um, you know, they the, they finally went to Kevin Stefanski, who I think is, is pretty good. Um, you know, and then Andrew Barry, their general manager at the time, was just kept saying that Mayfield would be their quarterback until he wasn't. And then they go and they make the deal 
for Deshaun Watson, who may never see the field this year, or if he does, it's going to be down the road. So basically the Browns, who play, as you mentioned, in Carolina week one. <laughs> what a great – I love – you know, the the football gods have a sense of humor. Um, it's it's basically going to be, I would think, because I, I think Watson's looking at at least – half the season, if not a full season of suspension coming down. Well, the NFL is so, asking for at least a year. Yeah, right, so yeah, at minimum. You'd have to assume it, it's going to be at least half. Right. That. So you're looking at Jacoby Brissett is your likely starter for the Cleveland Browns against Baker Mayfield in Carolina Week 1. I give Baker a chance to win that game, even though Cleveland has a better roster. Um, I've seen Jacoby, and he's done some things, you know, with the Colts and the different places. Um, but listen – talk about so you got week one Russell Wilson goes to Seattle and the only thing worse would be Baker going back to Cleveland but then you have him playing the Cleveland Browns in Carolina it's just great uh when I say great I mean interesting you think the NFL planned that (laughs) no well I mean could have they could have easily said look it's either Seattle or Carolina for Baker Mayfield and said hey how about week one I mean they, they listen it's not that much of a stretch to think that way. Mm-hmm. I know they went back and did a lot of things to the schedule after Tom Brady arrived or came yes. back to Tampa because the Bucs weren't going to see national TV at all uh, until Tom Brady came back, and now they got their five games there. And we'll talk more about the entire NFC South and their quarterbacks, but we want to, uh, of course, welcome our sponsor, May Electric Solar. They're back, and they're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years in a field where you see all these fly-by-night companies. Well, May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That's the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays uh, all kinds of products, and uh, they conduct on-site testing so you can see uh, what they'll install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who is going to do the job. Start saving today, and let's call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar. Call them at 727-819-2862. That's 727-819-2862 to schedule your free estimate they can lower your electric bill all year long you can preserve your quality of life and preserve your appliances through every storm system call may electric solar at 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com so so look at the nfc south now so i think carolina got better today i do i I think they're better at the quarterback position and and i'm not a darnold fan so i wasn't you know pining for him I, i you know, as as a guy in the room, you know, you got Mayfield and Darnold, okay, you know. Uh, it's better than – it's a big upgrade from Cam Newton in my opinion. Um, so you got the number one pick from that season. Uh, and then in New Orleans we know they have Jameis. And Jameis is – Jameis has two problems. <laughs> he's got more than two. But he's got two big ones going into this season. One is what's the impact of his ACL injury? Now – I'm convinced that he has done everything you can do to try to rehab that thing. I saw the other day they said he wasn't even wearing a knee brace, which I would say, why not? Like, that's dumb. Don't do that. Um, protect the knee until you get out there. And then there were other reports that even in OTAs, he was kind of hobble, hobbled by it. He was limping along. He showed a, a pronounced limp. So, obviously, he had major reconstructive surgery on his knee. 
uh, and the Bucks did that to them in their game uh, in New Orleans. Played okay, sometimes better than okay, but that was with Sean Payton as your coordinator. Now you don't have him, um, and the expectations are pretty high that you know he's going to be the guy and he's going to get it done and all that. Good football team. They lost. They lost some players. They added a few too, like Tyron, Tyron Matthew, and others. Um, we'll see. Michael Thomas is supposed to come back. That will absolutely help him. Jameis is motivated. We know he's talented. We've seen him throw for five thousand yards, but we've also seen him throw thirty touch, thirty interceptions, and thirty three touchdowns. So you know, does he have, have they coached that out of him without Peyton there? And I believe that Peyton protected him. I think. He played. In fact, I know he played around his quarterback most of the time, uh, as teams are wont to do with Jameis Winston. So you have Winston. Uh, Taysom Hill is still around if you if you needed him to play uh, in a pinch. I suppose he could do that. Uh, and then and then the interesting thing is, so you got the number one pick in 2015. The number two pick in 2015 is in Atlanta, and that's Marcus Mariota. And boy, that's interesting because. I, I vividly remember, you know, the Winston or Mariota. We did the Winston meter uh, back in the day, and there was no question, you know, Lovey Smith, we told the story, made it clear before he got on the podium at the Combine that Winston was their guy. I mean, he was not taking Mariota. In fact, he tanked the last game of the previous season, 2014, against the Saints to make sure he had the number one pick and not just have whoever wasn't chosen fall to him. And, you know, he started – talking to us about, you know, Rick, we, we don't know what happened in that room, you know, with BB guns. Like, I I, I had to hook up, with, you know, with, you know, everybody had to hook up lobster, or, you know, crab legs. So he took Winston. Um, we know what happened. He got fired after two years. Arians couldn't make it work. And, and there really was, like, at the time, Dirk Cutter was the only guy in the room that wanted the other guy. Like, Dirk Cutter wanted or had knew more about Marcus Mariota. We can never forget, like, the first game that Winston plays for the Bucs, he's opposing Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans. And he goes out there, and his first pass, this is a perfect symmetry of his career, his first pass as in the NFL as a Buck was a pick six, and his last pass for the Bucs against Atlanta uh, with in Tampa Bay was also a pick six. So, you know, that that's how his career sort of dovetailed um, here in Tampa, but Mariota went out and threw four touchdowns, I think, that day. And Tennessee rolled. And so it was sort of this, you know, battle of, of the top two quarterbacks in that year's draft. Now you have Mariota who has bounced around, you know, a little bit. Um was was with the the Raiders a year ago. And, you know, John Gruden, I'll tell you what, man, I love this Mariota guy. He had him running the option. He had him doing all things when he pulled Derek Carr out of the game. He got hurt. Uh, came back late in this season. Uh, it, it's it's not a it's still a rebuilding process in Atlanta under Arthur Smith. I mean they still they got some pieces, um, some good pieces on offense. Of course, Russell Gage now is in Tampa, and and the defense I still think is is a problem there. Um, but what an interesting NFC South of quarterbacks. You know, two number one overall picks, a number two overall pick in Atlanta. And then what? What are they doing with number one ninety nine? What about that guy? Uh, who's that? Is he, ba- is he back? I thought he retired. <laughs> he did, and then he unretired, and he's not. And he can't hold a candle to those other top pedigree guys, right? I mean, that's the thing about you know. You think about the draft, and you think about all the quarterbacks, and every team needs one, and, 
And, and, you know, these guys, I mean, now it used to be you'd stick for four or five years. Now, after three years, if it, two years, if it's not working or three years, they, they move on, you know, because the money's not as big as it used to be, say, when Sam Bradford was taking $60 million guaranteed when he signed the contract back in the day. So now they move on from the rookie quarterbacks after about two or three years, and they're all still around. They all still come back. And three of them now are in the NFC South. Actually, Darnold, if you count Sam Darnold, who was three overall, I mean, think about that. Just in those, you know, couple drafts, how you have four four top quarterbacks, you know, from those drafts just on, on the NFC South teams. And I think Brady has an enormous edge, although, although it's a team game. The Saints have had the Bucks number. Um, if Winston doesn't, you know, tear his ACL in the game against Tampa Bay, I think he wins it. They won it anyway, but I think Winston probably wins, probably wins that game. Uh, he's certainly motivated to beat Tampa every time he plays them. And to me, the Saints are the best other team, right? Like the, if you just looked at the rosters, um, and you have to account for the fact that even even since Brady got here, he, he beat them the one game that mattered, you know, in the divisional playoff, and they went on and won a Super Bowl. And that game wasn't looking so good either, Drew Brees' last game. But they managed to pull that out. He has never beaten them in the regular season since he's been a Buccaneer. And that and, and there are two teams on this schedule. Uh, again, they keep coming up. Obviously the Saints, who are in the division, you play them twice, and the Rams. Those are the two teams that the Bucs can't seem to, to master. And, and to get anywhere... First to win the division in the NFC South, and then to hopefully get back to a Super Bowl, you have to find a way to beat those teams. And so, you know, what have they sort of done, um, you know, to improve their chances of that? You know, and, and I think they've done a number of things. But from a quarterback situation, I and there's no matchup now in this league because Matt Ryan is now in Indianapolis. And I think he's going to do great there. But there's no matchup in this league that Tom Brady should fear. You know. Um, you shouldn't fear any, but you know you're you're basically walking into every arena in the NFC South saying we're way better than you at quarterback. Like it's not it's not close. You have unproven sort of first round busts, you know, versus the goat, the greatest of all time. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, Rick, I know the lightning season just ended last week, but we have the schedule for next year now. And the Lightning will actually be the first game played in North America for the coming season. Now, the Predators and the Sharks are opening in the Czech Republic in Prague prior to the regular season beginning. But Tuesday, okay. October 11th, Lightning at Madison Square Garden in the Rangers, an Eastern oh. Conference final rematch. <laughs> That'll be the first North American game. The Vegas and the Kings play that night, too. Colorado... Not on opening night. They get their banner raising on the second night, Wednesday, October 12th, against the Blackhawks. So Now, is that unusual? I mean, I know in the NFL, you know, they try to have the Super Bowl team mm-hmm. is going to play that, that, that first game of the next NFL season. The Bucks did that against Dallas after they won the Super Bowl 
They don't traditionally do that with the Stanley Cup. Traditionally, it is. Although I don't know if there's a arena conflict. I, you know, it's possible they yeah, have something possible. at that arena on the 11th right. with the season starting, or for television purposes, they wanted it Wednesday. But right, yeah. But the Lightning will be the first game in North America again. They were last year, of course, raising the banner last year at Amelie. Right. This time they'll open on the road. They have seven of their first nine games on the road. The home opener is Tuesday, October 18th against the Flyers. So, but the seven, seven out of, the, out of nine, seven to start out of nine the on the road, and then nine out of the next eleven at home. Oh, well, I guess it balances is up. By the way, that raising of the banner thing last year, it was really good. Right mm-hmm. until they dropped the puck, and then it got really <laughs> yeah, ugly. <well. laughs> I went to that game, and I was like, "This is so cool. We get to see the raising of it." Oh, yeah, they decided not to play. They probably that pretty much all the emotion has now been been spent on the ceremony. I mean, it was electric. It was really cool. Um, to see that, but by the same token, they did not show up. I'll tell you this. One of the great rivalries, in my opinion, that's going to form or has begun to form. I mean, we know Florida and Tampa Bay are a thing because they've mm-hmm. met in the playoffs um, two years in a row and both being in the state, and they're both really, really good. Uh, but that Rangers-Tampa Bay thing, coming back and beating the Rangers the way they did and breaking mm-hmm. their hearts mm-hmm. with a really good hockey team makes you kind of wonder, would they have matched up better with Colorado with a little more health and and so on, um, but being down three, t- being down, what two games to none and two to nothing yep. in game three, and coming back and sweeping them after that, um, and and then of course the New York media and and you know some of the diehards up there that just ah oh, the Lightning aren't gonna win they're gonna you know, um, it's it's a really it, it, it's and those teams are built similarly in that they have great goaltending, mm-hmm. lots of speed, um, I. I think that's going to be a, 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 an interesting, um, an interesting game, an interesting rivalry throughout this throughout the years. Yeah. So they open at the Rangers. The Rangers come to Amelie Arena on Thursday, December 29th. Cool. And then they're back at the Rangers April 5th. The regular season will wrap wrap up on Thursday, April 13th, for the Lightning. Wow. So they have 14 back to backs. None of them look uh, that bad as far as travel goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Colorado, Arizona, might be the worst of the back to backs. Hmm. Um, they have a couple, three back-to-backs at home, which are rare, uh, right after Christmas, and then two of them in March. So longest road trip looks like five games. Uh, in January, St. Louis, Seattle, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. So that's the Western Canada trip uh, with St. Louis added in there. So not you know, the schedule looks pretty good. Um, Tuesday, October 11th, the preseason schedule came out a week or so ago. That uh, starts in late September, so. Think about that, games. though. Think about that. I'm back from vacation where I watched the Lightning lose game six. Mm-hmm. I've been back for a, a couple days. Um, it's true we spent another week after that uh, going to Colorado and then and then Montana. But when did you say training camp opens again? It'll be mid-September. Mid-September. About two months. A little over two months from now. That's not, that's not long. No. <laughs> you know? When you and it's the third year in a row that they've made it to the Stanley Cup final, won two of them, obviously, mm-hmm. but short off season, man. Oh, that's and the hard those... part. That's the hard part about this season for the Lightning is that in years past you could say it was a short off season, but you got to you got to hold the Stanley Cup, you got to go have your day with the Cup, you got to raise that's the right. banner. This time they get the short off season and they didn't win it. Mm. Yeah. Now is that fuel for motivation? I would think so. 
Well, all I know is, and there, there's different circumstances to this, but mm-hmm. the two teams they beat, Dallas and Montreal, didn't make the playoffs the year after they beat them yep. in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yep. And Colorado, so, by the way, comes to Amelie Arena Thursday, February 9th. Uh, that'll be a that's one to circle. And then they go that'll to Colorado what five days later on on Tuesday, February 14th. So, yeah, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll Valentine's Day date in in uh, Colorado. So nice, I like it. I like it. All right. Well, we've. Uh, We've also got mailbag questions that we've asked you guys to submit. Some of them are coming in. You still have time to do that if you'd like to on tomorrow's podcast. You can do that by sending them to us uh, on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. My email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. And, folks, remember, uh, start saving today and call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar to schedule your free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long. You can preserve your quality of life and preserve your appliances as well through all these storm seasons. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. And uh, you get a 30-year labor and service warranty. They've just got everything for you, plus $750 worth of surge protection uh, to protect those appliances. That's the May difference. May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 